أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي رب يوذعني أن أشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضاه وأصلح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين Alhamdulillah, this is inshallah our third sitting to discuss the concept of tasawuf. And today, inshallah, if Allah helps me, following from the last two weeks, discussing this concept, trying to find its beginning, its roots, uh, discussing uh, the different ideas that is said about its beginning, and those scholars in Islam who were considered to be among the earliest Sufis. And we discussed last week specifically to negate the idea that this concept has just come to the deen and it came too late. And some even say in the 7th century, which is nonsense. It came from the first century of Islam. And today, we're going to look at it from the point of view of those people who began this journey in the second century, Hijri, and the third, and what did they say Tasawuf is to them? Their interpretation to the meaning of the word Sufi or Mutasawifa, a man or a woman, what are they? There are too many different meanings that are given, and I'm going to go through maybe 12 of the greatest meaning given by some of the greatest scholars, and when did they die, so that you know when this has taken place. So, to begin with, the main understanding of what the Sufi stands for as a school of knowledge in Islam uh, began at the beginning uh, of the second century. And at the end of it, the end of the second century, these meanings being put and written down to clarify exactly what Tasawuf is. And in the 3rd century, it became one of the most important subjects taught by those scholars I'm going to mention them. The first one who lived in the 2nd century and died in the year 2 Hijri, 200 Hijri, Ma'ruf al-Karakhi, very famous Ma'ruf al-Karakhi. He was asked, was it Tasawuf? He said that Tasawuf الأخذ بالحقائق واليأس مما في أيدي الخلائق التصوف الأخذ بالحقائق واليأس مما في أيدي الخلائق literally meaning that تصوف is a knowledge that lead the person who is studying that knowledge to have no confusion about being an absolute servant of God there is no hesitation, there is no doubt, there is no turning back to anything else. A Sufi only depends upon Allah and only turns to Allah and only seeks from Allah and only fears Allah, nobody else. Everything in his life is to do with those four things. Nothing else. Turning to Allah, asking from Allah, 
depending upon Allah and for sure fearing all the Allah and therefore they say from this meaning the sawuf or Sufism is always taking from the reality of the teaching of the Quran and the Sunnah nothing else if it's not in the Quran not in the Sunnah there's no way to take it okay and anything else in the hand of the creation of Allah you leave aside you don't tend to the created you only tend to the creator a Sufi only tend to the creator some might say look but the Mashaikh are being almost worshipped their hands are being kissed people treat them with utmost respect but that is Islam the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said clearly you must respect your elder he said that it is he who does not respect our elder is not one of us elder not by age could be by knowledge could be by position imagine if the queen of the country is somebody who is young we say no because she's too young we don't have to do all those things we do to the older queen no it doesn't make sense because respect is not just because of your age it's because of what you have and who what you possess or who you are and therefore all these things are being done during the companions it is said that Zayd ibn Haritha one of the great companions who used to be the most learned man in Medina in fact he was considered to be the judge people like Abdullah ibn Abbas relating himself saying because I am from the family and I am the one the Prophet prayed for to have the most greatest understanding of the Quran but still I come to him to learn from him when I used to come and I look from the wall of the house or the fence that he is resting I don't disturb him I stay outside and sometimes there is sandstorm so I'm sitting there and I get very dusty waiting I don't go back home when he comes out normally riding his donkey from inside the fence of his house I will rush to hold the rein of the donkey to guide him and you say since when were you here why are you looking so dusty I said no I'm just waiting for you he said why don't you wake me up or call me not to disturb you and he used to look up to him as a descendant as a member of the Prophet family and as somebody the Prophet praised and prayed for but yet this young man who is Habr al-Ummah or the most learned man in the understanding of the Quran of this nation used to look up to the older man as a sign of respect and the older man shows him respect because he is somebody who has a position in the sight of God okay so we don't turn to anybody a Sufi will never put his hand like that never because he knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there for him people say why why don't they because they they wait for him they want him to give Number two, Abu Sulaiman al-Darani, one of the greatest scholars, Abu Sulaiman al-Darani, he died in 215, said, At-tasawuf huwa ikhfa al-munazalat, wa takattum ala al-halat, hatta la ya'lam biha illa rabba al-bariyat. At-tasawuf huwa ikhfa al-munazalat. Sufism is to hide away any differences 
anything that will show you to be in a higher rank or better understanding. They don't show off because showing off is not the sign of a good Muslim. Allah said in the Quran clearly about those who show off. وَيْلُ لِلْمُصَلِّينَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ يُرَاعُونَ Woe! For those who worship. How can they be worshipping and then woe is for them? Allah clarified this in the same surah. Surah Al-Ma'un. Those who neglect their salah. Maybe they do it, but they have got no awareness of what they are doing. They are doing it and their mind is somewhere else. They are doing it and they are looking around, watching something else. If you go back to the sunnah, this is not our topic, but if you turn in your salah to look at something else, Allah says to you, you're not praying for me. You're praying for what you are looking for. And these are all in the sunnah, in the hadith, which are sahih in the books of the sunnah. Those who show off, Allah goes on in the verse. Those who show off. So showing off, they keep away from. وَالتَّكَتُّمْ عَلَى الْحَالَاتِ and they will hide any condition of showing that they have something and they leave it between them and Allah. They don't show what they have. They don't say that I have got power. They don't go out to the people and say, excuse me, I am somebody whom Allah has given a position of power and I can do this, I can do that. No, no. In fact, they do the opposite. They always hide themselves. They will never speak of their condition. Number three, one of their greatest, Bishr al-Hafi. Al-Hafi meaning the barefooted, Bishr his name. The one who died 227. He said that Sufism is having a pure heart. And this goes exactly with the Quran because Allah said everybody will be questioned in the day of judgment and everybody will be punished except for those who will come with a sound heart or a pure heart. So the Sufi literally work his life to purify his heart from any else. He wants to return to Allah as he came. Pure. So a real Sufi, like himself, Bishr, is a pure-hearted man. That's why they become close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the greatest one from us, the Nun al-Masri, who died 245 Hijri, he said, He said, Tasawwuf, that you put Allah before everything else, so that Allah in relation to you putting him first, he put you before anything else. Nothing is important in your life but Allah. You turn only to him all the time. Because you know he is watching you. You know he is with you. You know he is aware of what you think, what you say and what you do. Allah said in the Quran, Allah is with you Wherever you might be. Yasma' wa yara. He hears and he sees. And this goes exactly with the hadith of Jibreel which we mentioned in the first lesson. Jibreel alayhi salam when he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam what is ihsan? Good doing. 
is to worship Allah as if you see him. But he confirmed, you cannot see Allah, but he sees you at all times. So a Sufi tried to perfect this position with himself, as it is being said by the Nun al-Masri. Number five, Abu Turab al-Nakhshabi. Abu Turab al-Nakhshabi, who died 245 as well. He said, a Sufi لا يكدره شيء ويصف به كل شيء الصوفي لا يكدره شيء ويصف به كل شيء الصوفي nothing upset him and everyone and everything will receive tranquility and peace while they are with them in fact just mentioning their names if you are sitting in a majlis and you mention the righteous great noble people like the prophets messengers Okay, men and women of the past, like the companions, okay, or the righteous scholars, you feel good. You don't feel bad. Their mention is good, and therefore they say, "Ida dukira salihuna, tanazzalat al-rahman." When the righteous people are mentioned, rahma is poured from the heaven. What about when Allah is mentioned? Think about it. If you remember just the righteous, you feel good. What about remembering Allah? Indeed, only by the remembrance or the mention of the name Allah, the heart can receive total tranquility. Number six, Asray As-Sakati. Asray As-Sakati, who died in 257. Asray As-Sakati, who died in 257. He said, Sufism, is a name for three things. It creates a life that the Sufi leads, or it makes the life of the Sufi to become a Sufi. Number one, Allah yutfi nura ma'rifatihi nura wara'ihi. That however much knowledge he has, and the light he received from that knowledge, it will never diminish the light of him being aware he is being tested all the time. He might fall into the trap of committing a sin. The Prophet was asked, Can the believer steal? He said, Yes. Can the believer commit adultery? Yes. Can the believer, and so on. Until he was asked, Can he lie? He said, No. Because to lie and to cheat and to deceive, this take away Iman, because Iman is tasdiq. Iman is tasdiq. When you have sidq, then you have iman. You can't cheat and lie and deceive. But that takes you to the hypocritical side. You become a hypocrite. But you can commit a sin because Allah is testing you. And you can commit a sin and you need to come out of it. Because Allah said, we will test you. Okay? So the first one, however knowledge you have, it should not diminish the light of your fear of Allah to keep him away from his forbiddance. Number two, وَلَا يَتَكَلَّمْ بِبَاطٍ فِي عِلْمٍ يَنْقُضُهُ عَلَيْهِ ظَاهِرَ الْكِتَابُ وَالسُنَّةِ And he will never speak about a knowledge that is coming from within himself, being inspired by Allah to have it. In the apparent world, it contradicts the Quran or the Sunnah. Once it contradicts the Quran and the Sunnah, he should keep it to himself. Because we don't contradict the Quran and the Sunnah. You must 
go according to the Quran. So I give you an example. Like a man coming today and saying, I'm a Sufi. But then he sit and talk to people and say, look, Alhamdulillah, I'm so good in Tasawuf. Allah has raised me to a high position. I don't need to pray anymore. <laughs> I am so pure. Prayer is too little for me. Why? Because I'm there with God. Astaghfirullah al This is shaitan. Did the Prophet Sallam, who is the highest in the pyramid of Islam, ever stop his prayer? While he is dying in his bed, he said to the companion, I advise you to keep your salah. The Sufi prays day and night until his feet are hurting. Like the Prophet used to have his feet swelling and Aisha asking him, why are you killing yourself when Allah has already accepted you, forgave you? He said to her, shouldn't I be a grateful servant? We need to be grateful. We need to be absolutely grateful to Allah. So the Sufi does it out of love, not because he's going to be paid for it. Okay? So anybody who speaks about any knowledge that contradicts, you push them away. That's nothing to do with us. Number three, وَلَا تَحْمِلُهُ الْكَرَامَاتِ عَلَىٰ هَتْكِ أَسْتَارِ مَحَارِمِ اللَّهِ And if Allah honor him and he has extra power, the hadith says, as long as the servant does as much as he can from the optional act as nafil extra, they will come a time Allah will love them and then he becomes their hearing, their sight, their hands. That means Allah gives them some honoring. They can do things that not normal people could do. If these honoring the Allah gives to this person makes him go beyond his limit and break the laws of Allah, then he is not one of the Sufis. Never. Because you can't be honored and then you put yourself down. A private member of the army, a new recruit, could go out in the weekend and get drunk. Fine. Can you imagine a general of the army going around in a pub and getting drunk? It will be all over the newspaper. He could be sacked. You see? The private, even if he did something wrong, they will put him, shave his head, put him one night in the sun, tomorrow he's normal. So there's a difference. When you say, I am a Sufi, when I am following the path of Tasawuf, you are following the path of Ihsan. And the person who commits himself to that is watching himself because Allah is watching him. He knows. Like the child in front of the parents. So this is from a stray, a Sagati, who said that. Number seven, Abu Hafs al-Haddad. Abu Hafs al-Haddad, who died 265, he said that Sufism is complete behavior. The best of conduct and the highest of morals. I like this one because subhanallah as children we used to be taught in the school they say al-mu'min al-mu'addab fi qawlihi la yakzib. The believer who is well conducted well-behaved, well-mannered, in his speech, he will never lie. He shows that. That's the way it should be. And adab is so important. Rasulullah said himself in the hadith, Adabani Rabbi ta'adibi. My Lord has nurtured me and brought me to be the best. Allah says so in the Quran. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وإنك لعلى خلق عظيم إن هي to confirm it is indeed you Muhammad who is perfect in his conduct and behavior. Nobody else. وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ This is Rasulullah 
صلى الله عليه وسلم. So here every act of worship Allah has given in the five pillars of Islam when you look at salah, zakah, fasting, and hajj, each one of them it should teach you to perfect your manners. Salah, for example, it forbids you from all acts of evil. A person who makes salah will never be rude, will never be vulgar, will never use a swearing word, will never backbite, will never spread rumors, will never go out of his way to demean somebody or to hurt someone, even by just thinking bad about them or having a bad feeling in their heart towards them. That's a real believer. And this is why the Sufis, when they get their student, they try to wipe away all those bad habits, bad traits from their hearts. And this is why it is their job to nurture you through removing your ills of your own ego so that your heart can become sound. Because otherwise, all the sins you do, it will camouflage your heart and you will never be able to do anything. Number eight. Before I go to that, just reminding you, there is in the Sufi school, and we, inshallah in the future, we, there are areas of adab. Al adab ma Allah. You should study that. How to behave with Allah. Al adab with Rasulullah. How to behave with the Messenger. Al adab ma al and the Sheikh. How to behave with your parents and your teacher. Al adab with your elders. How to behave with the elders in general. Al adab al ikhwan. How to behave with your brothers, your colleagues, your companions, those who are with you. Well, adab al nas amma. And adab with everyone and everything. You can't just suddenly jump in a bus or a train when people are sitting comfortably and you start making noise. You can't suddenly uh, put your music on as much as you like. It's not. It's a public place. You can suddenly eat and leave the rubbish on the public transport. You can suddenly drive your car in the street and make as much noise as you like. And when people tell you, excuse me, you say, I don't care. No, you care. Because the law does not govern you within your own private zone. It governs you within the common areas. As I always say, Sharia from Sharia, the law that governs the street outside. No judge in Islam will come and spy on you in your house. What do you do? Once you shut your door, that's it between you and Allah. But outside, it is common for everyone to use. Number eight, Sahal ibn Abdullah Tustri. This is one of the greatest mashayikh who died in 283. Sahal ibn Abdullah Tustri. He said, At-Tasawwuf al-Safa' min al-Kadr. At-Tasawwuf al-Safa' min al-Kadr. Tasawwuf or Sufism is to purify yourself from everything that will make you unable to act with dignity with others. And being able to fill yourself with what you have pondered about. And then he says, البشر, And always be busy with Allah rather than being busy with the humans. When يستوي and the person who's really carrying this teaching, gold and rocks in his sight are the same. Doesn't matter. Because he's not working for this world. 
he's working for the hereafter. At the Sauf, as al Kadr, Sufism is removing every ill so that you are never upset with anything, is something special. Because many of us don't realize if you read the Quran properly and you look at the way Allah speaks about his servants, he gives them descriptions fitting this. Allah says subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ And the servants of the beneficent. Who are they? الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا Those who will walk on this earth with humility. They will always walk with humility. That's why many of them, they walk barefooted. Like Bishr al-Hafi. I saw in Medina too. In my lifetime, wherever I go there, they walk barefooted. In the heat, in the rocks, they never wear shoes. Imam Malik, rahmatullah in Medina, he refused to wear a shoe. He said, a land that has the body of the greatest human will never be walked on by his shoes while he is buried under the ground. People say, it's too much. But he chose to. Nothing to say, don't do it. So don't rush somebody who's doing something lawful as an extra, as nafila, to say to them, don't do it. Like the person who sees somebody praying too much. He says, excuse me, why are you killing yourself? The Prophet only prayed a certain number. Just follow the Prophet But the Prophet in the extras, he said, as much as you can. He never limited it. Because Allah says so. Like the person who meets you and says to you, you are carrying a sifha, you must be a Sufi. Okay, so what's wrong with it? The Prophet didn't have a sifha. Why did you have it? Because I want to make a remembrance of Allah to come on. You don't need to, just do it with your hand. Although they themselves, they are not doing it, but they are trying to discourage you. There is no limit for the extra act of worship as much as you can keep on worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do as much as you could do. Okay? And Allah will make it easier for you. So a Sufi will never be upset with anyone and nobody will be upset with them. That's the idea. You try to wear that out. In it, they forgive, they erase the feelings that hear them again in the person from their hearts, and they will make up the relation better than it was before. That is their idea. Because Allah commands this in the Quran. And then filling themselves with what they have pondered about. A Sufi ponders, thinks. Allah said in the Quran, do ponder. In what? In the creation of the heaven and the earth. Within yourself, and within yourself, can't you see? So we need to always think, always ponder, always reflect. That's why we say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, MashaAllah, Tabarakallah. These are all ways of praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through finding out, through your pondering and thinking something that to make you appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the greatest. And then, keeping away from the human. It doesn't mean a Sufi doesn't communicate with humans and become a monk and live in a cave. No, 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 no. Meaning, where there is no need for you to indulge, you don't indulge. Today, people only are with the people to gossip, to backbite, to play, to have fun, to chit-chat. No, no, no. If this is what the people are doing, the Sufi move away from it. Allah said in the Quran, فَلَا تَقْعُدْ بَعْدَ الذِّكْرَى 
مع القوم الظالمين. Once you know this is the reality, once you are reminded, don't sit after this reminder with those who will wrong themselves. Imagine people are sitting there backbiting somebody. And you come and say, what is it? What is it? Tell me. What did you say? Why? What benefit will you get out of it? It's wrong. Never, never indulge in backbiting. Or never take from one to another. Never be jealous or envious. And never waste your time with people whereby they are plotting against others because this is what is forbidden in Islam. Okay? And this person, everything is okay. Alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Praise be to Allah in every condition they find themselves in. Whatever they find themselves in, they are happy. Praise be to Allah in every condition they are in. So if you give them or you don't give them, Alhamdulillah. If they sleep rough or they sleep well, Alhamdulillah. If they eat well or they don't eat, Alhamdulillah. Because they know it is Allah who is providing. They know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not neglecting them. They are the one who are supposed to be aware of him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Number nine, Abu Sa'id al-Kharraz. Abu Sa'id al-Kharraz. Abu Sa'id al-Kharraz who died in 268. 268 Hijri. He said, The Sufi is the one whom Allah has purified their heart. Hence, their heart is filled with light. And the pleasure that he received within his heart is only because he is continuously in the remembrance of Allah. This comes from the verse I just recited earlier. Only through the remembrance of Allah you can have peace of mind. Let me give you a better understanding. Surah Al-Baqarah. And this makes me very upset when I hear people, for example, subhanAllah, mentioning this beautiful dhikr from the Quran, only when they hear somebody died. If I said, oh, X died, what do we say? Inna lillahi wa inna It makes me feel sad. It's not only for that. This is the remembrance of Allah that can exalt you. Because Allah says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم ولنبلونكم Indeed, we will test you. With what, O oh Allah? بشيء من الخوف With fear. With some fear, not all fear. Because if Allah put fear in our heart totally, we will die. With some fear. ونقصن, and a reduction. In what, O oh Allah? الأموال, by taking away your wealth. Because Allah knows that we love much money. We love money too much. Okay? Humans, by nature, they love wealth so much. So Allah says, we will take some of your money away. والأنفس by taking someone whom you love in death والثمرات by that which you worked hard and it sweated over and you achieved suddenly you, you go to your bank and they say well you have no money but I, all my life I saved well there's nothing there suddenly your bank collapse 
your 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 hard work. Imagine all those pensioners. If suddenly the pension companies collapse, people die. I remember the BCCI, the bank BCCI, when it collapsed. One of my uh, family members told me a friend of his rang him to say when the telephone rang and his dad picked the telephone. They said the bank is bankrupt. The man just died because all his savings are there. A quarter of a million pounds at that time. What a lot of money. This is very serious. It's nothing to take lightly. We must think about this in a way whereby we can understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay, is watching us all the time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching us all the time. And Allah if he makes you busy with him and you are genuinely in remembrance of him, he will make everything that comes into your heart a pleasure. Even if you are hungry, even if you are sick, even if you... So Allah is testing. And will test you. So the, the believer knows Allah then said, because they remember me. But he gave a remembrance. Give a good tiding for those when they are inflicted by a test from us. They behave with patience and they repeat. And give a good tiding for those who will persevere with patience. When they are inflicted, they say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Okay. I remember somebody was saying to somebody, these, these Sufis, they just keep remembering Allah, 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 Allah. What, where do they get this from? I say to this person, Your Lord, Allah Almighty, God said it in the Quran. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, uthkurullaha dhikran kathira. Oh, you who believe, remember Allah in abundance, continuously. He didn't say don't. And Allah is saying here, those who will say, inna lillahi wa inna ilahi raja'un. Allah said, ulaika ala hudan min rabbihim. Those who will continuously keep remembering Allah, they are with guidance from their Lord. They are with that, well, being guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they are in the right track. And they will be the successful ones. No doubt. If you remember Allah, Allah is with you. In the hadith, Allah said, I am with my servant as long as my servant is in my mansion. As long as you mention me, I am with you. He said in the Quran, Remember me, then I will remember you. So if you don't remember Allah, Allah will not remember you. And the remembrance is by mentioning his name. Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam, when he ran away from his people and he felt the test is too hard and he went to a ship to travel to a different land, Allah tested him. He was thrown from the boat. He was swallowed by the fish, al-hud, and then he was thrown out in the beach. Allah said, وَلَوْلَا أَنْ كَانَ if he was not one of those who were continuously glorifying Allah, he will remain therein in that belly of the fish until the day of resurrection. 
How many human beings are swallowed by a shark? They don't come out. خلاص. They were their meal. But he was different. What was the difference between him and us? He was regularly remembering Allah. ولولا أن كان من المسبحين. What was his special remembrance? لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الضال. He was doing his job. He was not satisfied. He was putting himself in a position to say, Look, oh Allah, I'm coming, I'm doing the job. But your people are not listening to me. I stand to speak, they shout me down. I stand again to speak, they throw things at me. They pull me down. They beat me. They hurt me. Okay, I'm leaving. Allah said, leave. He went. But with his leaving, he was still remembering Allah all the time. La ilaha illa. There is none worthy to be worshipped but you. Glory be to you. La ilaha illa anta subhanak. Allahu Akbar. But then he retained the fault to himself. Not like us today. Suddenly you, you, go, you pray five daily prayers. You fast your Ramadan. You did your exam and you prayed every day. And you think you are good. And you suddenly the result comes you failed. You say, why me? He doesn't pray. He's, look. He's doing all the haram, he's drinking, and he passed. It's not by what? This is nonsense to say. Don't blame Allah. Don't question Allah. Allah doesn't give you because you are praying. No. Allah doesn't give you. Allah gives you according to the intention from your heart. Indeed, every action is by the intention. So think good of Allah. Have good intention in your heart about Allah. Don't think Allah is doing this deliberately because Allah doesn't plot against people. Allah loves you. Allah wants you to be in the highest position, to be in the best safe position. But when he sees you running astray, he saves you. Just like the mother who says to her child, son, be close to me. It's too busy in the shop, shopping center or the mall. Don't run away. And when the child try to stray, the mother pulled them. And the child told them, ah, you are hurting me, ma'am. But I told you to be close to me. And if the child suddenly wonders, the mother run, frightened and crying, people run. When they bring the child to her, what will she do first? And then she will hug the child. Why did, why, why that? It's hurtful. The child might say, ma'am, you are hurting me. But because you shouldn't do what you have done. That. You hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. This hit, it's out of love. But the child would realize that when the mother gives them a hug. You see? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves you. So when he tests you, out of love. Seriously. He never does anything. And wallah, I tell you, if you treat Allah in that way, Allah will always be there for you. Never think bad of Allah. Never. Never say why. Why me? Why this happened to me? Allah said in the Quran, Allah can never be questioned. You want to be a Sufi? then you never question Allah. You never blame anybody but yourself. The blame is always going to be your blame. Number 10, Abu Talib al-Makki. A beautiful sheikh, Abu Talib. He died 292. He have a beautiful book. I said it last time. If anybody can get it, I don't know. I don't think it's translated in English. I hope so. It's called Al-Futuhat al-Makkiyya. The Meccan's opening. Have anybody seen anything in English? Beautiful book. I have it at home. When I open it, you feel good because he writes all the things that develops you as a Sufi in dhikr. What to do, what to say, how to say it. Already, if you are in the past with the Mashaykh, he explained to you. Because sometimes we just take things without realizing what we are doing. 
the Sufi of today to me is like the, the modern human being who wants to be very healthy. So rather than going to the doctor to be diagnosed, he opened his iPhone, cha 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 my stomach is aching, blah, 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 blah. Ooh, I have cancer. <laughs> what does that bring? Bring fear. What does that bring? Bring more aches and troubles. Why are you putting this up? <laughs> so silly. This technology is not good because if you become your own kind of doctor, you're not going to help yourself. You see, you need to ask somebody who has the experience. Allah said in the Quran, Ar-Rahman, fas'al bihi khabira. You want to know Ar-Rahman? You want to know Allah, the one who provides for you the oxygen that you breathe, the one who's making you exist and live? Ask somebody who knows him. But who knows? Who knows Ar-Rahman? Many people claim to know him. But when the time comes, then they don't know anything about him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, Allah knows. Okay? Abu Talib said, التصوف أن يكون العبد في كل وقت مشغولا بما هو أولى في الوقت الله أكبر التصوف أن يكون العبد في كل وقت مشغولا بما هو أولى في الوقت the tasawuf or the sufism that we mean in our path that the servant will be busy with that which is most important in the time literally meaning being a servant being a slave have you ever seen a slave busy with his own thing? He's busy with his master's thing. When you employ yourself, somebody to come and do a job for you, imagine a cleaner to clean your home for you, will they be busy cleaning their boots in your house or cleaning your home? Think about it. When you employ some, they will be busy for you. Allah created you to be busy with him. The Quran says, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا I have not created the jinn nor the humans only to worship me. Ibn Abbas, rahmatullahi alayhima, says, Li'abudun ay li'arifun. To worship me, to know me. You can never say I know Allah. How do you know him? Kulla yawmin huwa fi sha'an. Allah every day, he's doing something new. I do the same thing every day. It's boring. I don't know about you. Sometimes it gets really boring. You see, when you get to my age, you, you do the same thing every day. Allah never does the same thing twice. Can you imagine every day you are doing something different? What a wonderful life. Even when we have breaks, holidays, some people do the same holiday every year. <laughs> Isn't it boring? I want to go and rest. I want to see the world and you end up in the same place. Does it make any sense? So you think about these things seriously and understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants. There is a hadith Qudsi I love very much in regard of this. Imagine Allah speaking to you. Abdi. He's calling you. My servant. Abdi. I created everything for your sake. Everything that you know of or you don't know. I created for you. But you, I have created for my sake. Can you imagine that? Everything, I wonder sometimes when I look in the heavens, when I'm back home and you could see two billion of stars. And I think, what are they for? 
Seriously. We are thinking there are aliens living there. Okay, the way we think of them. But even if they are empty, why they are there? Allah said, I created this for you. وَزَيَّنَّ السَّمَاءَ الدُّنْيَا بِمُصَابِيحِ And we have beautified the lower heaven with this lantern or lamps, the stars. For what? For us. You and me and everyone, this is for you. But I and you are for him. وَخَلَقْتُكَ لِأَجْلِ And I created you for one thing. فَلَا تَشْقِنْ نَفْسَكَ بِمَا خَلَقْتَهُ لِأَجْلِكَ Do not busy yourself with that which I created for you. Don't be like the child whom his father traveled away and rushed looking for something special for you. When he comes home, he wants to see you, give you a hug. The moment you see him and you see the gift, you take the gift and run away from him. This is what we do. We are busy with ourselves, fulfilling our desires. We think for his sake, but no. He said, بَلْ فَشْقِ النَّفْسَكَ بِي However, busy yourself with me. How can you busy yourself with Allah? There are different ways. And the easiest is to keep the mention of the name of Allah in your tongue. The Prophet ﷺ said, خَيْرُ مَا جِئْتُ بِهِ أَنَا وَالنَّبِيِّنَ قَبْلِي لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ The best that I brought on the Prophet before me is لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Keep your tongue busy with لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ This should give you a little bit of an understanding. They say when people are dying, some will die happy, some will die unhappy. سَعِيدٌ وَشَقِي سَعِيد happy, شَقِي unhappy. Who is dying happy? The one who dies with La ilaha illallah in his tongue. There are many stories from the Prophet Sallallahu Many stories. People couldn't say La ilaha illallah, put it, people said it. But anyway, you need to make sure that La ilaha illallah is there. So when you are dying, it can be said. Because it will be the saddest thing you could not say La ilaha illallah when you are dying. So therefore, Abu Talib al Makki, by saying this, he is saying that the servant of Allah, the true slave uh, who calling himself a Sufi, will fill his time with that which will make him come closer to Allah. And there is nothing to make him closer to Allah than his remembrance. Nothing. Number 11. Abu Hussein al-Nuri. Abu Hussein al-Nuri. He died to 195. <laughs> he said, At-tasawfu al-hurriya wal-karam وَتَرْكَ التَّكَلُّفْ وَالسَّخَاءِ التصوف الحرية التصوف is or Sufism is freedom Allahu Akbar not the freedom of the 60s women burning their clothes and going naked or men running okay smoking hashish and thinking Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen nothing to say with Hurriya that is the wrong freedom that is the freedom of the ego والكرم and generosity وترك التكلف and unburdening oneself والسخاء and generosity الله أكبر I'm going to explain them the way he wanted them to be he said الحرية من حب النفس being free from loving yourself Many of us love ourselves. Why did he say that? He said because the Prophet put it clearly. If you understand Islam, none of you is a true believer until you love me more than yourself. 
as long as you love yourself, you are a slave to yourself. Once yourself becomes not important because you put everybody else before you, so the Prophet made it more easy. He said, None of you will become a true believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. I ask you the question. There is a fire. And you are in a condensed area, like this area here now. Would you say, okay, let me let everybody out first? Never. Whenever I see there is a fire, there is always stampede. And the report comes from those who are investigating the fire. They say, people died because they were all rushing to get out. If they all waited one by one, they could have all freed themselves. But at that moment, in a plane fire, in a crash fire somewhere, in a train or a house, whatever, everybody says, nafsi, nafsi. And the same thing will happen in the day of judgment. Everybody will say, nafsi, nafsi, except one. And you know who? Sayyidina Muhammad And therefore, without loving him, you are a slave to yourself. So the Sufis really try to greet, not get free. <laughs> you could be shackled in chains. You could be beaten because you are not doing what the human owner, like Bilal and But he was, imagine putting in the heat, you go to Saudi Arabia when it is really too hot, if they lie you in the ground, you burn. And if they take away your clothes which is covering you from the sun, your skin burn. And they take a hot rock where if you crack an egg, it will pride. They put it on his chest. But yet, he will say, Ahad. Ahad. Only Allah. I'm not fearing anything. As long as he is watching me, I'm not fearing you. Cut the skin. Remove anything you want from my body. I am with Allah. Allah is with me. This is a real freedom, the Sheikh here mean, al hurriya And the wealth, loving money. A lot of us love money. Today, in the 21st century, when I ask kids as a teacher for the last 35 years when I was teaching, every child I ask, they want to be rich. Why, for example, young kids learn to sell drugs? Because they want to be rich. Why people try to, subhanallah, do things that which they know it is wrong? Because they want to be rich. Stealing, cheating, deceiving. This is wrong. All these are forbidden in Islam. The Prophet made it clearly. Man laysa minna. Whoever cheats, that include deceiving and cheating and lying, it's not one of us. And a Sufi definitely will not love money. To love position and status. There are those who have a status. If you call them without their status, they don't like it. If somebody the prince, okay, or a doctor or a professor, if they say, oh, Sarah Muhammad, I'm not Muhammad to you, Dr. Muhammad. <laughs> Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu <laughs> Did he say, call me doctor? This is... Loving the title that is there. And there are others. They don't have all those qualities, but they love to live forever. Don't you remember Michael Jackson, who built himself like a, something to be buried? <laughs> so that when the time comes, a chamber. What's this? There are people today who are frozen. You know that. And they pay a lot of money for it. I hope you are not going to be one of them. 
When they ask them, why they well, maybe science will advance so much, I'm going to wake up. These people are so sick in the mind. The pharaohs who had knowledge to build the pyramids, and they have real knowledge, the technology you have today, many of it come from them. They buried their treasures with them. Today it is in the museums. You go to here, go to the British Museum. You find a lot of Egyptology. You go to Germany, France, anywhere. Cleopatra and all of them. So you should never think like that. Once you die, you die. The only time comes in the day of resurrection. No human being we heard ever was given life again. Isa used to raise the dead. Sayyidina Musa when they did the cow for Al-Baghara and they took a part of the flesh yeah, to wake up the man. But once he woke up again and spoke who killed him, then he died again. Those Isa brought them up, then they died again. These are just miracles Allah wants to prove to us. If you don't understand, then understand. So this is to do with freedom. So you should be free from loving yourself, or wealth, or position, or status, or life. You love one thing. You must love Muhammad Allah said, don't claim to love me. And if you truly claim to love me, then follow Muhammad Then I will love you. You want Allah to love you? Follow Muhammad Say to them, O oh Muhammad Sallam, if they claim to love me as their Lord Allah, they must follow you, O oh Muhammad. Then I will love them. This is what the Sufis are all about in that sense. Al-Karam, number two. He said Al-Karam. Here, he mentioned at the end Sakha. Sakha or Karam, he put them in a different meaning. Al-Karam meaning At-Tajawuz or Al-Safh. Meaning, when people wrong you, you forgive them. Yani it is so sad. Somebody does something wrong to you, now I'm not forgiving you. I find it very hard to forgive you. If you are a Muslim, you must forgive. Allah asks me and you in the Quran, wouldn't you love Allah to forgive you? Of course I would love Allah to forgive me. Then Allah said, forgive people. Don't say I'm not forgiving you. Allah asks the believer more and says you should erase the ill feeling from your heart because to forgive is one thing but to carry the grudge is another thing you might say how does that happen you will say to me sheikh this person wronged me so much i'm willing to forgive them but i don't want to see their face anymore <laughs> <laughs> that means you are carrying something in your heart this is really sad Really, really, to say this, some people even say it about Sayyidina Muhammad They say, when Wahshi killed Hind and took the liver of Hamza and chewed it and spit it in his face because he killed some great members in her family. When she came and took Shihada, the Prophet forgave her. But when Wahshi came and took Shihada, became Muslim, the Prophet said to him, you did very harm to me because killing the closest to me I forgive you, but don't come. I don't want to see your face. Or don't come. Just what? Do you think the Prophet will do that? Where Allah says to him, you must erase. For us, the commandment, they must erase and they must make up their relation better than before. If this is for us, what about him? He's the example. I don't think ever. So this is the first one about being generous. Not generous with your money. 
but generous in showing forgiveness, in raising the ills from your heart, and treating the person as the closest of friends. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim, for those who really want to become true muhsins, true sufis. فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةً كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيُونَ حَمِيمٌ Even that between you and them, there is grave animosity. Treat them as if they are the closest of friends. But Allah says this one, it is not for everyone. You can try. But for me, even if it is impossible, as long as I said I want to follow this path, I will do it as much as I can. Whether I achieve it or not, that's something else. But you must all act upon it. Don't say, I can't. The other side of the generosity is al-fadl. Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّ أَكْرَمَكُمْ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ أَدْقَاكُمْ Indeed, the most honored before Allah amongst you is the one who is most pious, the most free from doing wrong, or the best, أَفْضَلَكُمْ أَكْرَمَكُمْ meaning أَفْضَلَكُمْ The best of you. The best of you in everything. So in this sense, the Sufis try to be the best in forgiveness, the best in erasing ill from the heart, the best in making up the relationship, the best in giving, the best in whatever. Anything that is good to be done, they perfect it in turn. And if you are in that position, it is whom who Allah will defend. That's why the Sheikh here has given a very beautiful meaning. If you are in that position, and there is nothing in your heart against anything, and you are always in remembrance of Allah, Allah will defend you. Allah is with you. Allah says in the Quran, indeed Allah will defend those who truly believe in Him. You believe in this, you carry it, Allah will defend you. Don't say, who's going to do something for me? The children today, they don't understand. Well, I need to defend myself, I'm carrying a knife. Have you heard just this weekend? One of our kids here from the school here, being stabbed. For how long our children are going to be out killing one another? For nothing. For what? Some of them, they stab for another because you are look- what are you looking at? If this is me, I would say, if you are not looking at me, you will not be able to see that I'm looking at you. <laughs> you looked at me, you saw me looking at you. So that means we're allowed to look. What did I do to you? So this is really sad. We need to change. Especially for us who are coming from Africa or Afro-Caribbean countries, we need to make sure that our children in this land are not misguided because they think to defend yourself, you must have a weapon. No. You don't need any weapon. Allah will defend those who believe. Allah will look after them. It's not a joke. This is very serious. Not for everybody. But if we grow our children to believe in that, they will grow all. And then he said, At-takalluf. Okay? وَتَرْكَ التَّكَلُّفْ Leaving that which you are unable to do. A Sufi will never carry more than what they can bear. You find a new person who finds Islam coming to university. From a home there is no Islam being practiced. Rushing around, getting no friends, seeing brothers. Are you a Muslim? Islam? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But you don't have a beard. Okay, grow a beard. So the beard up to the navel. Do you pray? Why? But come with us. So they begin to do things and then they carry. And they are like a sponge. This is haram. Don't do this. Don't do that. So everything becomes like this. 
They come a time whereby they try to do everything. And when they see you, brother, yes? Don't you know that in Islam you are supposed to grow your beard like that? Who told you that? No, this is what the Prophet said. This is the Sunnah. Your beard is short. Astaghfirullah He doesn't even understand the most important fundamentals to come to this. No. Shaving or shortening your beard is haram. I was in a masjid. Allah is my witness. Giving a talk. I'm not going to say where. And the crowd were filling the masjid. The old sheikh in the masjid who was asking them, who is this man you are inviting? And why you don't come to the masjid all the time, you young people? You only come today? So he came to me and said to me, subhanallah, everybody was waiting for you to come. All these young people are waiting. The sheikh is coming. He said, really, I'm so happy. They like you. And, and then he whispered in my ear, but sheikh, you are supposed to leave the prayer, but the beard. <laughs> he doesn't know who he's talking to. I said to him, but Allah gave me this lens. <laughs> he didn't understand. He was looking at me, what? I said to him, you, Asian, your beard can beat your foot. <laughs> but this is the lens of my beard. <laughs> After the salah finished, he comes and takes me. I, I, I'm really sorry. I said to him, remember, there are people in this world, like the Chinese, sometimes they have nothing. And if they want to grow a beard, it only grows here. <laughs> so if the, the wind is going all over the place. <laughs> Doesn't look nice. So they just cut it. What's this? They're not a, a goat. No, this is really pathetic. There are women who spend a lot of money removing hair. And there are men whom women will pay money to get their skin. Because they have nothing. This is from Allah. And do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to put a rule whereby there are men who they don't have? There are men who have very short. If this is the rule, no African will ever <laughs> fulfill that rule. What is nonsense? Where does it come from? Nonsense. As long as you show a growth to show your difference from the woman, that's fine. And it doesn't have to be all. It can be better. And those brothers who get this teaching from a certain country, you know which country? That country, all the leaders, they have a small beard. <laughs> they call it goat, yeah? Are they all goats? Astaghfirullah. <laughs> so, why don't I tell them? I dare them. I dare them to stand. This is where it is becoming a little bit unfair. You see, Islam is not like that. So, it is important to understand that. Okay? When it comes to being generous here, the sheikh means to forgive, to erase, and to try to be the best in anything that you say or you do. Okay? And then, at-takalluf, or rab'at takalluf, that you should not do more than what you can bear. And a lot of people who try to do more, they want to show off. Yeah? I know certain people, when it comes to leading salah, say, look, I would love to, to read, read the Salah. Why? Because I think I have a good voice. <laughs> it's not my good voice. <laughs> I could, and therefore, subhanAllah, it makes it, I, we used to have a neighbor in, in, in Sudan. My brother-in-law, he died. He was a very good old man. He used to make me laugh. Whenever I come to the house, he used to say to me, Sheikh, 
I feel like getting out of the house and telling this neighbor off. I said, why is it? He wake up for Fajr, he doesn't go to the masjid next door, he's standing in his house in the middle of the courtyard, and he reads loud, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> we don't want to hear. <laughs> You're disturbing. We went to the most prayer, Jama'a, we're sitting doing our own reading. Slowly. But he doesn't do it loudly to hear himself. He wants the neighborhood to hear. <laughs> this is very sad, really. Not or some people, they do it because they want to be praised. MashaAllah. What a lovely voice. Does, does, we don't do this thing like that. And the last one is Sakha. Here in the sense, by giving. And here I stress, not giving only money. Because a lot of people think generosity is by giving money. You can give your time. You can give your energy. Your companionship. Whatever. Even a smile. Rasulullah said in the hadith, Smile, for indeed in the smile you give to your brother, there is a charity. The serious Muslim, he thinks he's a good Muslim. What are you smiling for? This is really sad. A Muslim is supposed to be happy, not to be sad. Allah said about the believer, whom the Sufi is trying to be like, as a muhsin, أَلَا إِنَّ أَوْلِيَاءِ اللَّهِ لَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ Indeed, those who are closest to Allah, the muhsins, no fear will ever come their way. And they will never be sad. Why should we be sad? In fact, at least try to be happy. <coughs> because when you are sad and angry and upset and hitting your head on the wall, you are showing you are not one of those people whom Allah loves. Be careful. Number 12, and this is the last one. Al-Imam Abu Al-Qasim Al-Junaid. Rahmatullahi alayhi. Al-Junaid. He is the sheikh for the Sufis. He is the man who began to put things in order. He died 297 at the end of the 3rd century. He said, At-tasawuf dhikrun ma'attima' wa-wajdun ma'attima' wa'amalun ma'attima' Allahu Akbar. This is the best. At-tasawuf dhikrun ma'attima' Tasawuf is remembrance with presence. Not just remembrance... Ya Latif, Ya Latif, Subhanallah, MashaAllah, Allahu Akbar. Have you seen some of the brothers walking in edge of road with their sifhas? MashaAllah. Some of them, they sit down the stairs, there is bullet dancing. Allahu Akbar. MashaAllah. <laughs> I was with my wife and my children wants to go and I have a meal. Somebody said there's a good restaurant. We went. So my wife said, let us get a, a quiet place. We walked and then this, I mean, I sit in there. There is, there is bullet dancing. Men with sifhas, women with hijab. What is this? This is really sad. We need to be very careful. Yeah? If you are an Arab, I will say to my brothers who are Arabs, we should not show Islam in this kind of position. You can't be sitting with a woman with hijab. Can you imagine a policeman walking in the street dressed in his uniform trying to pickpocket somebody? A woman wearing hijab sitting in edge road in the street. Astaghfirullah. Or with a cigarette. <laughs> it's not haram. But it's not haram. It doesn't look nice. You are wearing the costume. You're supposed... Can you imagine Mary with her hijab on coming smoking, sitting in edge of road having shisha? <laughs> doesn't make sense. Do it. Hide yourself. Take these things off and do it somewhere else. Put a cap, put anything. But you can't do it that way. Because then people say, I saw Muslims. Yeah, because it's the sign of a Muslim. 
ورا براذر كارينج السبحه ستين زيها جيد الله اكبر ما شاء الله doesn't make sense you see so you have remembrance of Allah while being with Allah realizing Allah is with you when you remember Allah الله اكبر put Allah with you don't put him away from you ويدن مع استماع don't make noise and like for example some people they just move to the beat not to the words it is the beat that moves you or the word that moves it is this if it is this it's physical but if it's the word spiritual there is a whole chapter the Sufis write about nobody else in Islam write about called Sama' which is singing beautiful poetry and the best poets in Islam are all Sufis and the others I don't know because maybe they are jealous they say ah they praise the Prophet too much why not why not when Allah praised him with praises no human can praise better than him the best praises Allah gave to Prophet in the Quran any one of us try to praise Prophet we can never be better than Allah but we are not stopped and if you look at Hassan Ibn Thabit the poet he prayed the Prophet in ways that the Prophet was listening to him he said to him on the member oh messenger of Allah you are created clean from any bad things physical uh, emotional spiritual you are pure there is no fault in you faultless as if you have been created the way you want it to be created if this was too much the Prophet said Astaghfirullah you shouldn't say these things about me he praised him because he's not saying anything Allah said Allah said indeed you are the best the, the highest the greatest in everything so in this sense Okay, the Sufis have the poets that written the best poetry about Rasulullah praising Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and therefore the Sheikh is saying here, when you have what we call in 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 in, in Arabic, okay, uh, a feeling of what you are enjoying, it should not be just the rhythm of what; it should be the word that you hear. Wajd wajd meaning to have a feeling within your heart. To have that joy. But what are the words? When people read the Burda. Or the Quran even. I know some people read, listen to the Quran because of the reader. Wallahi, Allah is my witness. I remember I used to go to the Haram when I was young for Taraweeh. And I will be with young people there. And they are with me. When they hear from far a distant, the reader is not Sudais. They say, oh, we want to go back. I say, why? Ah, no, it's not Sudais. We will go and pray at home. I say, are you coming all the way just to listen to the Sudan's voice or to the Quran? You need to be careful. You should not just the tune should make you feel the joy. It's the word that should make you feel whatever it is. And your action should be following suit what the Quran instructed and the Sunnah. I'm going to explain this again, what Imam al said. Al-dhikr bil-hudur ma'al-mathkur. 
remembering Allah while you are present with whom you are remembering. Don't remember Allah and your heart and your mind are away from Allah. Remember Him while you are thinking of Him. But this must be conducted with understanding how to behave with Allah. Al-Adab Allah. One day, inshallah, I'm going to talk about how we should behave with Allah. There are too many things. Among the things that you need to understand, if you really have proper adab with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you depend upon Allah. Tawakkul. Okay? You always seek from Allah. You always avoid doing anything that Allah will be unhappy with. And so on. There are too many things that a person who have adab with Allah will do. When you listen to what is being sang or read, that will give you the joy that will make you a better person because you understood the message. The word moves you. But this can never happen without having a tranquil heart. And a tranquil heart can only happen when you have zikr. Therefore, people who remember Allah a lot, if somebody is reciting Quran next to them and mention certain things like Al-Akhirah or the Day of Judgment or Punishment, they scream because they are aware. They feel inadequate with themselves. Others, when they do a lot of salawat for Rasulullah when suddenly mention the name of the Prophet, they scream. People say, why are they screaming? Because the word hit their heart and because they are aware of it, that is the reaction from the heart, not from and the tranquility that they have in their heart. And acting upon what you have listened to by following the Quran and the Sunnah will give you the best result. The love of Allah in your heart. You will love Allah and it will be your means to be closest to Allah. Let us now Conclude what Junaid said. He says, Tasawwuf is remembering Allah while keeping Him in your heart, being with Him. Having joy, not to the rhythm or the melody, but to the word that you are listening to. So listen. And act, but only by following what is being revealed in the Quran and the Sunnah. He said, the teaching of the school of Tasawwuf, our school, he calls it, the one who wants to follow it must have adab with Allah, must have pleasure in hearing the mention of the name Allah, and must always do his best of ability to be close to Allah. These are three things. Al-adab, you never hear this word anywhere. Only the Sufis say them. Al-Adab They will, will be well behaved with Allah. They are always in pleasure listening to his teaching, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they draw themselves nearest to him by remembering him. Al-Imam Abu Muhammad Al-Jirari who died in the year 311, Abu Muhammad al-Jirari, says, At-Tasawwuf huwa al-dukhul fi kullu khuluq insani. At-Tasawwuf 
هو الدخول في كل خلق ثني والخروج من كل خلق دني الإمام أبو محمد الجريري أبو محمد الجريري هو ضايد 311 سيد التصوف هو الدخول في كل خلق ثني تصوف والصوفيزم is entering in every character that is good in doing every act that will bring the best in character in yourself to make you the best person anything that is other than that you move away from and therefore he said it at the end anything that is low keep away from so الأخلاق, the manners are divided high manners and low manners low manners we know them anybody who is rude or vulgar This is low. Anybody who raises his voice to somebody older, this is low. Anybody who is unkind to the needy or the poor or the destitute, this is low. Anybody who is wicked to others is low. Anybody who try to demean, insult, oppress, low. All these kind of qualities from the low. Animalistic, from the animals. But the person who is supportive, the person who is courageous, the person who is generous, The person who is always willing to lift those who are down and to raise those who are with him to a higher position than himself, these are the good characters, the noble characters. Okay? And therefore he says, if you want to be a Sufi, you strive to accumulate the best of manners and to avoid all the bad manners. Hence, when you join a Sufi school, and inshallah when we come next week, we're going to talk about some of them. When you join them, Initially, they begin with something called khidmah, service. So as a student, you're coming to memorize the Quran. By the way, and I'm saying this and I, I challenge anybody. All the Quranic school, almost all the Quranic school in the world that produce Father Quran are run by the Sufis. Where I come from, I had never seen a school run by other than them. My own family, they're all, all their schools, they're all mashaykh. And they, the most important thing for them, the foundation is Quran. So they bring the children from the age of 7, 8, and they begin to memorize the Quran. By the age of 9, 10, the child memorizes the Quran. Then they begin to teach them a little bit of fiqh, seerah, and adab. Once they learn that, then if they want to study Islam to become somebody who is an imam or whatever, in the uh, Islamic leadership courses, they teach them according to that. But if they went and studied normal studies and then they want to become murid for a sheikh, the same sheikh, they come to the sheikh and they take the bay'ah from the sheikh, but the first thing they do to them is to serve. You see them in the masjid, cleaning, carrying, because these things... If you have any nafs, if you have any feeling for yourself, you feel, why am I doing those things? You come in, you, I came to learn. I, I want to become a better person. Why am I doing this cleaning and carrying? Little they know that unless you break your love for yourself, a love for your position, a love for you wanting to be someone, then you're not. Many, many students who are looking for spirituality, the moment they enter the school, They don't want to be the sheikh whom they took from. 
they want to be their sheikh. Which is sad. Very sad. You are learning. And there is a lot to learn from Surah Al-Kahf. The story between Khidr and Musa. Look at the relationship between a student and a teacher. Although Musa is a prophet and a messenger and one of the greatest messengers in Islam. One of five. Nuh, Ibrahim, Musa, Isa and Muhammad. Yet, Allah wanted to teach us, not him, us, don't think you have knowledge. We have made above everyone who claimed to have knowledge somebody higher than them in knowledge. So go and find him. And he found him. What did he say to him the first thing? You, you are going to be my student? Yeah, okay. Don't ask me any questions. Just follow me. And that is for me very, very important. Today, you see even in schools, the children are questioning the teacher, or they're sitting there between themselves talking about the teacher. It doesn't make sense. You will never learn properly unless you show respect. The Arabs say in a beautiful poem, Stand for the teacher when he arrives to teach you. Indeed, he is almost in his position in teaching you as a messenger, as equal to being a messenger. This is what it being said. Now, what time is it, Tia Isa? Excellent. I'm in good time. From here, all the literature that is written by the Sufis, all those who are honest in writing honest history among the non-Muslims, they agreed that Tasawwuf started in the first century of Islam. And the reason is because they know that there are people among the Sufis whom today the writing is benefiting the Sufi school like Al-Hassan al-Bisri who called one of his students because he was wearing the woolings garment as Sufi. So that is where it comes from. Yet some of them, they go further and they say, Ahlu Sufa, the poorest of people of Medina, and I mentioned their name last time, like Abu Huraira and Bilal and the rest. The Prophet built them a high stage to sit on, and it's called a Sufa because they used to rush to come early to the Medina to pray in the front line, and yet they were hungry. They were tying their stomach from hunger. So he put a place for them to show that these people don't ask. They never raise their hands. But when you look at them, you could see piety in their faces because they are aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, this writing tells us that the Sawuf became very famous and spread all over in the second century. When you do your own research among the Muslim writers from those people I mentioned, they all talk about the Sawuf starting really to spread in the second century. And in the third century, the school of the Sawuf it began to be built by people like Imam Junaid. Okay? And it became one of the schools of Islam. In fact, this is the school of Ihsan. If you have the school of Islam, of building the five pillars of Islam, when you become a Muslim, or you are born as a Muslim, you must learn how to clean yourself, how to pray, how to fast, 
how to give zakah, how to make hajj. This is the basic. This is primary. You cannot be a Sufi and you don't do those things. You must be perfecting those while trying to acquire the higher. The next school, the school of Iman. The school of Iman is mentioned in the hadith I mentioned with the six pillars. Abu Hanifa added one to make it seven. To believe in Allah, his angels, his books, his messengers, and to believe in the day of judgment and to believe in Qadr, khayrihi wa shari, destiny. But Abu Hanifa, in the Hanafi school, added at the seventh one, wal-ba'ath ba'da maw, to believe in life after death. But yet in Shu'ab al-Iman by Imam al-Bayhaqi, one of the great muhaddisin, he mentioned, he adds, he writes 70 odds ranks of Iman. Because the Prophet said in the hadith, Al-Iman Iman is 70 odd stages or ranks. The lowest is to remove obstacle from the path so that nobody else is harmed. And the highest is piety. This is the school of Iman. But then beyond that, the school of Ihsan. So Tasawwuf is built upon the school of Ihsan. How to perfect everything you say or you do. This is it. Because Allah loves those who perfect their action and their words. However, and I want to say this really clearly because I want to finish with this. There are some writers, Muslims and non-Muslims. The non-Muslims, among what we call in Arabic, Mustashriqeen, Orientalists. Sometimes they are unjust in the writing of history of Islam. They say things, it makes anybody who understands the history to laugh. When you talk about what is happening today in the world, and you see groups like ISIS doing what they are doing, what about the Crusaders? What did they do? They did not just go there, they banned everything and they killed everyone. But is it mentioned properly in the history? On the contrary, through the history, yes, what ISIS, Shabab today is doing, what Boko, this is evil, what Hitler did is evil. But we should not distinguish when we write history. History is to be written as it fell. My own country, Sudan, when I look at something written by the Westerners sometimes from those people, I laugh because include people from my own family, what I know of them and what they did is contrary to what they are writing. So there are Muslim writers who try to say things, and I will tell you some of the things they say, and think about it. Okay? They say, number one, This word, tasawuf, before the Abbasi, okay, ruling time, it wasn't in, this, in the vocabulary of the Muslims. Literally meaning, all what I said is not correct. That's nonsense. Really nonsense. Although they know themselves, if they are Muslims, Al-Hasan al-Bisri died in 110. And he, Al-Hasan al-Bisri, for 50 years of his life, when you look at his writing from the beginning, he talks about this term. Imam Malik, rahmatullah alayhi. And these are Tabi'een, all of them. Imam Malik from Tabi'een says the same thing. And I wrote the, or said the statement for you last time. That the person who just learned the fiqh and don't perfect by acting upon Ihsan, then he has put himself in a terrible position. 
you see? And vice versa, those who just try to become Sufis, build a roof but without walls, gonna collapse over their heads. You have to make sure. They say also, this word tasawwuf for Sufi, it wasn't said by the companions or the tabi'een. As I just said now, isn't Al-Hasan al-Bithri a tabi'i? Isn't Imam Malik one of them? They mentioned it. And they know they mentioned it. They look at their books. It's mentioned in their books. So they cannot be giving the, the truth. Number three, and this is the most terrible thing they say. They say, if you read the Quran, or if you read the Hadith of Allah, there is nowhere Sufi or Tasawwuf. My Sheikh, in this book, which I'm reading from, he writes, and he says, I want to ask the same people among the Muslims who say, if you read the Hadith or the Quran, there is no Sufi. So therefore it is an imported, invented thing brought to Islam. Can I ask the question, he says, does the word Salafiyah come in the Quran or the Sunnah? Have you ever read a Hadith whereby the Prophet says Salafi? Or the Quran have a word Salafi or Salafiyun? But yet those people who object to it, we are the Salafis. Salaf meaning a period of time that is past. This is my question. Number two, the Sheikh says, we have something called Mustalah al-Hadith wal-Muhaddithun. Okay, we have a school of collecting the Hadith and writing it and writing, okay, the chains of the Hadith and the people who did it. Was it done in the Prophet's time? Is it mentioned in the Quran, Mustalah al-Hadith? Can we read the verse in the Quran to say Mustalah al-Hadith? There is it. Not just that, he goes and says, Usul, the word Usul. Or usuliyun, usulul fiqh. There is no, the Prophet never talked like that. There is no hadith, he said, usulul fiqh. That the scholars put this together. And further, Islamic history. There is not one verse in Islam, of the Quran, or the hadith to say about Islamic history. But we have a school of Islamic history. We teach it in universities, which is important. The scholars did that. Then we have, Al-Aqidah al-Islamiyah. Who wrote the Aqidah? The scholars, Imam al-Tahawi, and the rest of the scholars who put together the Aqidah books. The Prophet didn't teach that, that's the way they put it. You don't find in the Hadith of the Quran where the Aqidah. But this does not mean this where they mention, the scholar they put it like that, is not correct. As long as what they have inside that school is from the Quran and the Sunnah. If it is true for this that I mentioned, it's true for the Sufi. But to say, because it's not mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah, the habit doesn't make any sense. If you want to judge the school, judge it by what it has in his writing. Do the Sufis follow the Quran? Indeed, they are the only people in this world. They will not accept you unless you have the Quran. All the schools, almost all the schools, are established by them. Now travel to the world. Number three, they study all the things that are required for you to understand and appreciate fiqh, tafsir al-Quran, and above all, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the seerah. Nobody studies here like them. 
because they know they have to perfect themselves and remove their love for themselves to love Muhammad Moreover, the fulfillment of the faraid for them is a must. The excelling in doing the sunnah is the utmost important in their life. But they give their life to the extra optional things. They fast a lot. They give a lot. They work a lot. They ponder a lot. They think a lot. And inshallah, in our last session, we're going to talk about the manhaj, the curriculum, or the syllabus of the Sufi school. What do they try to do to perfect the character of the human being in that sense? And therefore, if somebody look into the Quran, a researcher, a general researcher, or the Sunnah, we never find all these vocabulary where they mention Sufi, Tasawwuf, Salafi, Salafiyya, Mustalah al-Hadith, Muhaddithun, Usuliyun, Usul al-Fiqh, Tariq al-Islam, Aqidah Islamiyya, in the Quran or the Sunnah. But these are put together by the scholars. The scholars will have to make that syllabus from the curriculum. I will challenge anybody to say to me, I am following the Prophet 100%. Because none of us will be able to read everything the Prophet read or everything the Prophet did. Just look at the dua the Prophet used to read every day. I, I remember somebody brought me dua Rasulullah the dua of the Prophet between the day and the night. It's not all of it. This is somebody collected some of it, put it together. Or we have in the Arab countries, the Hisn al Hasin, some of the du'as. But not all of it. So, what we need to do is to realize there is too much there, but you can take as much as you can. We don't try to carry it all. I am going to read for you a judgment of somebody whom a lot of people sometimes try to go back to him to say he is. giving us that this is not correct. Who is that? Ibn Taymiyyah. Ibn Taymiyyah is one of the Sufis. Although today, the modern schools of Islam try to link into him, especially the Salafis, and try to criticize us off, but listen to what he said himself when he was asked. At-Tasawf al-Islami Sufism in Islam between Imam Ibn Taymiyyah okay, as reported by Ibn Taymiyyah he was asked, what is the Sufiya and the Fuqara? Because the students of the Sufi school are called Fuqara. Those who need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what he says. People in loving or hating or being friendly or enemy to someone, they strive. Sometimes they make the right judgment. Sometimes they make a mistake. A lot of people, he says, when they see something they love in someone, they love them. And they try to hide away what they hate in them. And on the other side, if they see a small something in somebody they dislike, they avoid to know any good about them, and they just hate them for that. He says, this is from what is being innovated. Because you should never make a judgment 
about someone in one area and leave the rest. This is wrong. And he said the people of Sunnah, Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they say anything from the book, the Quran, and the Sunnah of the Prophet, and that which the scholars agree upon, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised bounties and reward and good deeds in the day of judgment for them. And they will be questioned about their shortcomings. And if they have bad deeds, they will be punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, this person has the two sides. He could be rewarded or he could be punished. Rewarded for what they did and punished for what they have done wrong or avoided from doing. He then he said, goes and says, This is an if people say tasawwuf was started in Bisra, and he was there, striving to become a person who avoid the love of this world and be close to Allah. Or somebody who went to Kufa and studied the knowledge and become a faqih. Somebody, a jurist in Islam. Fine. Whether this Sufi is wearing a jubba made of suf, okay, a garment made of wool or not, he said it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they never say that in order for you to become that, you have to wear this. Okay? But he goes on and say, What I find, these people, I find them, they want to do the best in their life. And they want to be closest to Allah. And he says, I find them, according to the Quran, among those people whom Allah described. Those who strive to be closest to Allah, those who are of the right, and those who are of the left. Okay? As-sabighun, as-sabighun, al-muqarrabun, ashabu al-yameen, wa ashabu al-shimal. Ibn Taymiyyah goes and says, the Sufiya, they are from the sabiqin, al-muqarrabin, wa ashabu al-yameen, al-muqramin, and he never mentioned whatever they do is to be from the people of the left or the people in error. As I said last week, that in all his writing, when you read in his books, he always mentioned the name Abdul Qadir al-Jailani with dignity and honor. He never called him just Abdul Qadir, al-Sheikh al-Akbar, al-Imam al-A'zam, Abdul Qadir al-Jailani. So for this reason, when you go out of your way, and you hear people saying things, they need to prove what they are saying. Where is it from? Why people are saying this has nothing to do with Islam, this is coming out of the mind of some people, imported from other cultures? Who says so? There is no greater scholars in Islam than those scholars of the Tabi'een who followed this school of the Sawf. And I mentioned their name last week for you. Ibn Taymiyyah radiallahu ta'ala anhu, when he writes about them, he is trying to tell us that at the end of the day, you shouldn't make a judgment without understanding what you are talking about. If you want to judge somebody, look at them. Islam is not just really praying the five daily prayers. But if you did, Allah loves that. 
Islam is not just only fasting the months of Ramadan. But if you carry it out in your life, Alhamdulillah, Allah loves that. Islam is not just annually, just when the zakat time comes, you just pay your two and a half percent and say, I pay my zakat. But if you do, Allah loves that. Islam is not just going once in your lifetime to Hajj. If you do, it's fine. And Allah loves it. But Allah loves more. If you spend in your own free time, from your own initiative, and pray more, and fast more, and give in charity more, and go not just to Hajj once, go every year, if you can. Who to stop you? The more you do, Allah will love you. Allah said, in a hadith Qudsi, subhanahu wa ta'ala, مَا ذَالَ عَبْدِي يَتَقَرَّبُ إِلَيَّ بِالنَّوَافِلِ حَتَّى أُحِبُّهُ My servant will strive carrying out nafilas until I love him. Until I love him. So if you really want Allah to love you, then you carry on the extra optional act. So may Allah make it easy for us to understand and appreciate. And I'm only doing this really to clear up. Because I notice a lot of younger generation, when they go to colleges, universities, they're traveling out, they will say, why are you carrying a bit? Are you a Sufi? As if this is the bad thing. To be a Sufi is to be somebody who's trying to perfect your deen. Not everybody, I say to my brothers, will go to university become a PhD holder. You will do research. If you want to strive more, then you enter into it. But it has rules, a regulation in Islam. It is a perfection of one words and deed. It is striving to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by your own free will in your own free time. As I said at the beginning, Allah gave you 24 hours in the day, 8 for your employer, 8 for your rest at the doctor command. What about the rest? 8 hours. Allah commands you to pray 5 and to do certain activities. It might take you 1 hour say a day. What about the other 7 hours? What do you do? So from the early days, this school of Islam, the Sufis, they try to say to the servant, learn, study, work. But most important, perfect your character. For indeed, the best of Muslims are those who perfect their character. Rasulullah said in the hadith, indeed the best of you amongst those whom Allah loves are the best in character. And the majority of the people of Jannah are the people who have got the best manners. Nobody will enter it without that, inshallah. May Allah forgive us. If anybody have a question, you can ask me before we finish. Any question? Any question? Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Jazakumullah khair. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa barik wa sallim ya Allah. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. Ya Akramal Akrameen. Ya Khairul Raziqeen. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Ya Rabbil Arshal Azim. Ya Rabbil Nas, Ya Malikin Nas, Ya Ilahin Nas. Ya Ilahana wa Ilaha Kulashin Ilaha Wahida. La Ilaha Illa Ta Subhanak Rabbana. Oh Allah, we have gathered in this place to learn, to study. And your messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whom you have commanded to learn. When you said to him, Iqra, O oh Allah, he taught us that the best of us are those who will learn. Khayrukum man ta'allama wa'allam. The best of you is the one who will learn and teach. Wa khayruhum man ta'allama al-Qur'ana wa'allama. The best of them who will learn the Qur'an and teach the Qur'an. Allow us to learn. Open our heart for learning. Rabbi zidna ilma wa zidna fahma wa jannah min rashidin. 
ربي زدنا علما وزدنا فهما واجعلنا من الراشدين والله انكريسز النولج اندرستاندينج انا لا واس تو بي امونج ذوس هو ويل بي اولويز جايدد تو يو والله وي ار سينرز وات ايفر وي هاف كوميتد ان ذا حرام فورجيف والله وي ار سيكرز فور ذا تروث وات ايفر ان اور هارت اذر ذان ذا تروث ريموف والله الا واس تو بي امونج ذوس هو ويل سترايف تو بليز يو باي دوينج ذات وي شول بليز يو يا كريم والله We seek from you for all those who are suffering all over the world, specifically in Palestine and in Kashmir, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq and Syria, Ya Kareem, and in Yemen and Libya, Somalia, therefore Mali, Cameroon, Nigeria, Ya Rahman Rahmin, where Muslims are suffering in the hand of people who think they know Islam, carrying your duty as you instructed. by killing everyone and everything oh allah remove the killing remove the suffering remove the bloodshed ya rahman rahim those people allow them to live a life of dignity and honor give them tawfiq fi dunya wal akhirah all those who are sick may you heal them the doctors and the nurses the porters and those who work in managing hospitals may you give them ease in their life may you fulfill their dreams ya kareem oh allah i seek refuge in you from all ills I seek refuge in you from depression. I seek refuge in you from sadness. I seek refuge in you from inability. I seek refuge in you from not being able to carry out our duties, Ya Kareem. I seek refuge in you from being coward or being lazy or being someone who is unable to share with others what they are supposed to share, Ya Kareem. I seek refuge in you from being oppressed by others. I seek refuge in you, Ya Allah. that I will not be able to be in debt and pay my debt, Ya Kareem. Oh Allah, I seek refuge in you that I am not able to pay my debt, Ya Rahman Rahim. And don't put me in debt, Rahmatik Ya Kareem. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who are single, may Allah open the door for them to find the righteous partners and to be married and have children and families to love, Ya Kareem. And those who are married, may Allah increase them in love. Make their home qibla for those who are seeking you, Ya Rahman. I seek refuge in you, Ya Allah, and I ask you, For everyone who is seeking knowledge, may you open the doors and the gate of knowledge for them. Open their heart for knowledge, Ya Rahman Rahim. I ask you, O oh Allah, for anybody who is suffering silently with any disease that we don't know of, psychologically, emotionally, or socially, with difficulties and problems, may you remove that, Ya Allah. Anybody present with us tonight here, wanting anything in Allah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, hidden in their heart, concealed, we don't know, O oh Allah, you know about it. Fulfill it for them. Those who are running this place, Isa and Amina, Umar and Galaiza, may you give them to Fiqh, Ya Allah, to do the best for the people and to help them and support them. If there is any error, forgive and make it easy for them to make it easy for people, Ya Rahman Rahimin. And all those who are helping them, Ya Allah, their helpers, their supporters who are standing by them, help them, support them, guard them, give them to Fiqh. And make our intention a right intention, Ya Rahman Rahimin. We ask Allah for the people of this land, for opening their doors for us to live in this land. May they be guided. May we become the best examples for them to know you, to follow your Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And may they always see the truth in us. And may any evil that is supposed to come by those who plot other than the right thing be removed from them, Ya Allah. Wa salli wa sallim ala Sayyidina Muhammadin. Salata abdin gallat heilatahu. ورسول الله وسيلته وأنت لها يا إلهي ولكل كرب عظيم 
ففرج عنا ما نحن فيه بسر أسرار بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين جزاكم الله الف خير